Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Deep Drop for another episode. This is a fishing podcast, if you're new here. My name's Luke McCredden, and Adam Ring is with me. And Adam, we talk a lot about fishing, you and I, and we muck around, and we sort of take things in all different weird directions. But every now and then, we have someone on who makes perfect sense of what we're talking about. They take it to a different level, which is sensible often, uh, and just open up their side of the story, which is which is what we love and what we love to do and, and get you guys hearing some, you know, yeah, some normal sort of talk about fishing. Yeah, it's, uh, we tend to get a bit carried away. So having a guest on every now and then brings us down a peg, Luke, in the best possible way. Yeah. Sometimes we dribble a little bit too much <laughs> crap, but, that, you know, it's all part of the fun. It's all part of but it. But no, we've, we've got a belter of a guest uh, for this one, Luke. Well, the beauty of it is uh, we've got someone on who quite literally fishes for a living. Um, I would, I think he probably would say the majority of the week he's on the water. He spends, he spent his whole life on the Ballerine Peninsula, runs a very interesting uh, digital platform called Salt Guide, which gives you all sorts of reports and updates, and it's way more detailed than my brief explanation just now. And obviously, he spends a fair bit of time on social media too. Aaron Habgood is his name, and Boy, has he got a few things to say about fishing. Yeah, it's it's going to be fascinating jumping into everything Ballerine because I know nothing about the area apart from what you've told me, Luke. So that's going to be interesting. And Salt Guide has been something, a digital platform in the fishing scene that's been around for quite a while. And I don't want to be rude to them because I think they do a brilliant job. Mm-hmm. But look, I wasn't sure how, how long it would last. These things tend to fizzle out pretty quick. But to their credit... They've taken it insanely seriously. They've done a great job at maintaining relevant information, which yeah. is always the battle for any online platform or for any platform to do with fishing particularly. Yeah, They've done a great job, and I can't wait to speak to Red about it. Well, let's jump right in and see how that chat goes. This is The Deep Drop with Aaron Habgood. Oh, can I ask, are we actually recording? Yeah, we're recording. We're recording. Oh, sorry, I didn't realise we were recording. Sorry, I was only Damn playing. On. Sorry. Uh, oh, I didn't realize. Now, I, I don't usually <laughs> carry on like that. But, uh, hey, mate, carry on what you want. That's what we do. On. This is what I said to you in a message during the week. This is the deep drop. You can carry on like a dickhead. That's exactly what Adam and I do most episodes. <laughs> I wanted a screen come on the screen, little action thing, and that's Sorry, we're mate. alive. So can, nah. No, I'm joking. It's not, not in the budget, mate. It's all good. <laughs> <laughs> there isn't much of a budget. But no... You've clocked the ballerine. That's what we're going with, Aaron. And, and whether you like it or not, tell me something on the ballerine that you can't do. Uh, it's I wouldn't say I've clocked it, but I've definitely <laughs> done my Ks out here. Like it's every day is changing and learning, and like there's all things. I'd like to say with the hours I've done out here, I have a very good idea with what's going on, and I, that's you'd, you'd want to hope so with the amount of time that I've put out here. Uh, especially like the Queenscliff region into the bays and obviously offshore and whatnot. Uh, I like to, it, it's, I like challenging myself. So I actually like going to new places and doing things too, because it's pretty repetitive here and, uh, at times and you got to work out basically it, sort of each day, you know, what's sort of going to happen. You know, if you're going to have a good day, or you know, if you're going to have a bad day, like you can put everything to your, on your site. Like you can mm. try and, I guess, basically, um, if for for instance, say tomorrow I've got a light easterly wind, right? Uh, there's the tides are dropping out. There's no swell. The water is going to be crystal clear. I like fishing for big whiting down south. It's not the time to do it. So what 
what would you do in that instead of that day on that day instead of and sort which I'm trying to teach people is don't feel like that on Monday because you woke up and you want to catch a snapper but you can fish Friday just it's not the right day to, to chase that species and if you want to actually catch something don't go on that day so that's probably the thing that I do the most is the fact that I'm on the water each day I'm, I'm not I don't when I say I have a full-time job, but I have a job that involves me being on the water. So it's not actually like I have to go for that species on that specific day. Mm. I can choose, chop and change. And I respect that people have their own work and their own job and they need to uh, get their fix for that species when they can only target that species. But if you want to go home with something, it's about learning your prime your prime times and, and, and I guess all the elements and factors that come into catching that fish on that specific day. For tomorrow instance, I'm going to do the tuna, uh, they've been going well. The tides are going a bit slower now. I'm going to go, I think it'll be a bit of an early bite and I'll pl- plateau out a bit and then it'll be a bit of a lunchtime bite. So that's sort of my plan tomorrow. Uh, hopefully I get it done early, but just with that bit lighter easterly, the bay's going to be clean. So head out there and sort of do that instead. And that's sort of what I'm trying to um, help people understand a little bit rather than wasting their day trying to catch, say, a snapper when they're not going to catch a snapper, for instance. Mm. Isn't isn't that something that I think we should have been talking about for a long time that I think is maybe falling on deaf ears more often than not? Because that sounds like quite a sensible way to approach it from someone from an outsider looking in, Aaron. Because one thing that, you know, Luke and I, we, we used to discuss this in the shop, in the shop days, but seasons have changed there, there's no such thing anymore as inf- there's more information around us and more time in the water we've learned things technology's changed gears got better widening yeah. especially down the ballerina a 12 month a year thing and anyone try and convince me otherwise i don't think it's going to happen they're a 12 month a year thing oh snap, snap. exactly like snapper we pigeonhole yeah. into these tiny little things yet the season's actually mm. extended and that's every year regardless of what the weather does, and now we've got the introduction of bluefin and kingfish, which seem to be annual occurrences, not just one here or there. H- yeah. How do you find the response when someone asks you, "I want to catch a snapper," and you go, "Well, today's probably not the day. How about the whiting?" What are you sort of met with there? Are they like, "No, no, no, I, I want to catch a snapper"? The biggest we... thing that I met with all the time is they've only got certain days. So, mm. I'd like say if they work Monday to Friday, they've got. Saturday with the kids and family, they've got sports, footy, or they've got cricket or something on that day. Then they've only got the Sunday, and it's five knots from the north. It's a beautiful, calm day up at sort of Carrums. You've got northeasterly, and it's beautiful, calm, and they're going to head out first light, and they're going to head out, and they're going to chase his snapper on that day. And quite often, yeah, it's going to be beautiful, calm up there in the northeast, but quite often you'll find with your north winds, obviously the barometer swings the other way, and uh, a barometer is obviously a big factor for, for snapper. And for me, I won't tend to ever chase snapper on a north wind. I try and do my best to stay away from that as much as possible. Uh, it's a little bit hit and miss for me, uh, for most, for pretty much everyone. So what it's trying to do is like, and, and this is the snapper, snapper talk as such, but like it's trying to explain to them that, all right, you give it a go in the morning maybe, but don't commit like five hours to it or six hours because you might, in the middle of the season, peak season, yes, you might get lucky and you might have a great day out because it's the middle of the season, they're spawning, they're active, and that's your best chance to get them, and you've got a very good chance of that happening. But if you actually follow, especially what the charters do, and you actually follow their their uh, their, what their patterns of when they catch fish, the majority of them, you might see one or two bad, but the other 10 don't on those days. And it's, and if you, they're the guys that are going to catch fish. They're, that's who I look at to sort of know what's going on. But 
It's about also traveling to where a species is too. And that's a big factor that a lot of people are really lazy. And unfortunately, humans, we are we are lazy. We do everything that's easiest for us. And uh, you'll find with my fishing and, uh, and I guess the guys that catch fish is basically we're willing to travel when we need to travel, whether it's on water or in car. But what it does, it puts everything in your favor. Now, I get people all the time messaging me. They live in Altona up that way, Williamstown. Red, when you can you put can you put whiting areas up? Whiting areas up this here, this and that. No, I I just won't do that because I'm going to put a mark where a guy's or I've caught like I personally haven't caught a lot of fish up there, but I know fish have been caught there. But the chances aren't in your favour. I what I respect you to do if the weather conditions are suitable, you're in Altona. Either put in that side wherever if you're comfortable and drive across if it's safe to do so to St Leonard's where you're actually going to catch fish, or launch at St Leonard's. Spend mm. an hour and a half in the car. But if you were to do chase those fish in Altona or Williamstown and you spend, say, six hours out there and you get four whiting, you've spent six hours there anyway. Why don't you put an hour and a half in the car either way? You've got three hours and do two or three in your fishing and you're actually going to catch two to three hours of fish yeah. rather than just sitting on the boat for six hours and doing nothing. So I know it costs a little bit with fuel and that, but you come home with the reward. So, yeah, it's that's sort of what I'm trying to explain to people is you don't just – it's like me. I don't have snapper where I live, okay, as such. Clifton Springs is a good snapper, snapper place. I, I call it the swamp in there. I'm not a massive person fishing in there. I actually don't like the swamp too much. It's non-tidal at all. It's very unpredictable. It's very shallow water, 10 metres max. It's, it's not a place where consistency happens all the time. You've got to sit and wait a bit more. So what do I do? I launch at St. Leonard's and I head out to where the snapper are. I fish that Frankston, Mornington, Carrum region. That's, I fish there. That's what I do. And it takes me... 20 minutes to get the St. Leonard's ramp, then it takes me 35 minutes in the boat to get there. But I catch fish every single time I go over there. And I pick those days, then I'm going to catch fish a, a bit more. So it's about choosing your times. If you can travel, there's, yeah, there's so many different elements that come into play. But if you dumb it down, there's not a lot to it if you do the basics right. And then if you want to get more creative and get a bit further into it, and then that's up to you and I guess your fishing ability and how far you've come along. It's not hard, Adam, to hear why the... Uh... Why the information that, that Aaron and the crew uh, give out on Salt Guide is uh, very well followed and respected. And I, I kind of wanted to touch on that. I, know, I mean, we could talk about the, the ins and outs of the, exactly what you've spoken about there, some of the fishing you do. The Salt Guide piece for me is really interesting, mate. We, over the years, ads, you, you and I have spoken about um, various things that have popped up, digital sort of, whether it be... Yeah, in the form of content or, or websites that are um, giving information or whatever it is. And, and, and we've spoken about it in the past that you, we've seen them come and go fairly frequently and not a long lifespan. I remember when Salt Guide came to life and it popped up and we spoke about it, Adam, and went, oh, this is interesting, cool. Let's it'd be cool to see how this goes. And fuck, I don't know, how long has it been around, Aaron? Because I was yeah, about to say... Six years, nearly seven, I reckon. Yeah, right. It, I was might, gonna... be, it, might, be, it might be seven this Australia Day long weekend. Seven or six this Australia Day. Well, I mean, that's an awesome achievement itself. But it's also, um, it's not just hanging around. Like, it's you've, you see it, you, you know, whether it's on socials or, or just the stuff that you guys are producing and go, fuck, there's, some, there's, there's a reason this, is, this has got some longevity in it. And I think it's great, mate. I think uh, hats off to you. And... Um, yeah, I mean, talk us through the whole concept of it. If anyone's listening that doesn't quite or hasn't seen it or doesn't quite 
uh, know what we're talking about, um, I'll, I'll throw to you, Aaron. Mate, give us, give us a rundown, a yep. snapshot of what SaltGuide is. Yeah, so basically it's just an online platform from what we've been discussing so far, like your time frames and tides and this and that. We try and simplify it all for the average punter right through to the most experienced punter. And we do that via our weekly fishing report about our fishing report isn't just a fishing report that comes out and says there was 12 snapper caught off Clifton Springs because those snapper are dead. So they're gone. <laughs> they're, they're, they're not relevant to you. Just because there was just because there was 40 whiting caught at St. Leonard's last week in that report that's now being caught Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, the fish got caught, report comes out on a Friday. It's not relevant to what's happened. Yeah, it puts you in the right area. But what if that moon phase comes and you've got the slow tides, for instance, next week, then that's not relevant to you in that area. It's not going to do that. So what we tried to do is put it in a, in a written platform each week. Well, we do not try. We do. We put it on a Thursday. It comes out ready for Friday, Saturday, Sunday in particular because that's the majority of when people can fish. And we basically predict with our tides and just our obviously what we've learnt over the years and, and whatnot, tides, moons, whatever weather we've got coming regarding winds, rain, storm, whatever it is, takes me about two to five hours to write. It's a bit shorter in winter, a bit longer now than tell me right now, oh, I'm trying to cover freaking everything. I'll tell you what, <laughs> it's a headache every Thursday morning. It takes me, like I said, a long time to do it. And we've just basically explained. So the marks, like we put marks up and don't get me wrong, all our marks are proper, but the thing is, it's not necessarily, it's not, what we're trying to implement, it's not actually about the marks. Like, the marks are great. We love the fact that we can put you in a spot. And a spot, I say that. It's, it's a spot, but an area too. Mm. So like St. Leonard's, there's fish in this area. I know there's fish coming in here. Boys, go here. But you can go there. with all. You can. I could give you my whole GPS right now. And if you don't know how to fish the marks properly on the times, you'll catch not a single thing. You can have every single mark. So it's not necessarily about that. It's about utilizing our website properly. And that's where our videos come into play. So we've got thousands of tutorial videos from tying a hook on to understanding barometer, to understanding when I like to fish snapper, like that southwest wind um, or fishing in shallow for snapper when that wind blows hard and that night before and that morning getting shallow or the whiting, you've got the swell comes up out in the ocean, pushes up, you've got that sort of two to three metre swell starts to kick up, that dirty water is going to push in on that flood tide. So I, pre- I read what's, I read the predictions and then I just basically write it all for you for every single species that's sort of on offer at the moment as much as we can uh it's got heaps of benefits on there like the crew card remember the old entertainment booklets that used to come out you get 10 percent off mac <laughs> yeah. yeah. it's basically the crew card you join the soul guide crew you get this discount so it might be 10 percent off uh, uh melbourne marine or 15 percent off servicing or whatever it is there's heaps of stuff on there i bogs gumboot like you can go through it all there's plenty of stuff on there that basically gives you a discount recipes teaches you how to cook everything's in that one-stop sort of boating shop that in there that teaches you like tying a, tying a rope up, like the amount of people that I watch at the boat ramps that just can't do a figure eight around a cleat and just one little half hitch and they complicate it and they can't undo their knot. Like just simple things right through to catching a barrel bluefin tuna, crimping a lure. So like there's a lot of stuff on there and I'll be honest with you, um, we've copped a fair bit of hate on it regarding the the mark side of things. We've copped it pretty hard from a certain people and a lot of people. I was, I was actually but, going to ask that if you've copped any, copped any backlash yeah. on, on giving it, you know, the giveaway of marks and special oh, locations. Mar- marks and... are an absolute devil of our industry <laughs> yep. and yeah. because they're and so wrongly interpreted. interpreted. It's, it's frustrating. What you just said, Ads, is pretty much absolutely spot on. Um, there's certain things that I know what to respect. There's, there's things that I know to respect that I haven't worked out or I haven't done that I stay well and truly clear from. It's not for me to 
ruin for anyone else as such, if that's the word you want to use, ruin, which I don't think is the right word. But I respect the old Queenscliff boys and some of their areas and stuff that I do fish, but I respect them. And I don't want – there's places that only they know where it is. And, like, in the deep water and 15 metres, this massive tide on the end of a flood tide when the small tides we can get into this one big sand hole there. I'm not going to put that on there and have people there because it's not it's, – I don't fish it myself. And that's their job. What I can do, though, is I can put you in my areas where I fish in areas that you're going to catch the same bloody fish. But I, I respect people and I respect things. But there's also what you said, Ads, is about marks. Like, man, we're long gone from there. It's that That's a 20, 30-year-old thing now. Like, well, probably not 20. I'm going to go with 10 plus. And what I mean there is when Facebook started and you got Facebook Lives and whatever it is, whoever goes on social media, right, whether it's you boys, whether it's, bloody Matt Hunt down at Portland or whether it's Elmer Glashen in Sydney or whatever it is. Or I know what you're doing. I know where you are. I know I know what's going on. I know that you're chartering there. I know it's the, the whole secret was gone when Facebook come out. And it just blows my mind the amount of people that go onto social media. And I know we go into a bit more further depth, but like if you have any sort of knowledge on fishing, you know what's going on to basically the degree on what everyone puts on social media. And we were just one step ahead of it with what we did, I think. Um, the way we planned it, the, when, the time we released, uh, we just sort of cracked the code, I guess. And it's been – we love doing it. We love – the main thing is I've had it pretty tough in my life, like with all the shit I've been through with my ticket, in all honesty. And the more I help people, the better I feel. Like you just feel – like you just feel so rewarded. Like I don't know if you follow the socials. Like the amount of – photos we get sent in mm. from people catching fish. It just kids out there, right? So you gotta think. Kids out there that just bought their first bloody twin tracks, like with their parents. They drag their parents, they're out there off St. Leonard's in the deep, and I put a mark out there and they've watched all the videos and they've learned how to rig. They've gone and caught their bait first and they go catch their first fifteen kilo gummy shark and they send us the picture in. Mate, like I'm more yeah. kid I'd rather kids out there doing that than piss farting around doing drugs in the city or whatever they're doing. So yeah. Like, I just feel like there's much more of a reward. We have people who've wrecked fishing. Well, get over yourself, mate. Fishing's a recreational activity. It's the one of the biggest in the whole country. Mm. There's going to be boats everywhere. Traffic's everywhere. If I can teach people how to fish and get them out of there, and get them off iPads and get them out there doing stuff that you should be doing with their parents or whatever it is, even adults, like, away from work, their mentality, mental yeah. health these days, like, is massive for people. And on the water everyone but myself because it's work, but everyone else out there is having the time of their life um, catching fish and you, you know what I mean? Like just that's that's where we're rewarding Salt Guide is what we're able to deliver with our weekly reports, the hours we put in, and we've managed to make a full-time job out of it, which is our reward for the effort that we've put in and people respect it and it's not expensive. Well, I think that's the biggest thing is we've had a few other people try to do what we do and like, People were charging five hundred bucks, six hundred bucks for this. I'm like, full yearly meth. Like, we're we're affordable. It's one hundred and sixty five dollars. You get for a year. I think it's like maybe twenty bucks for a month, roughly. Probably should know that. But it's basically, <laughs> basically, like what we the effort we get. Like, I'm out in the water five days a week, pretty much. Like, keeping on top of with what's going on, working out. Like the amount of effort we put in. The professionalism that's in our website, like how functional the functionality of our website, like we that costs us money. Like every day that I put the boat in to do what I'm doing, that costs me money. I drive mm. my ram down to the ramp, then put my boat in. Ram eats fuel, boat eats fuel. There it goes. <laughs> like it's, I'm, 
I'm, yeah. I'm assuming you've got someone running the website for you, mate, because I've just sat through 20 minutes of you trying to download a program on your computer, and it's, it was, it was it's hard to watch. <laughs> we, we've, come to the, we've come to the end of that. I need to update my Mac. I'm sorry, I know that. Uh, no, we, no, uh, yeah, we it, do. So we've got, a, we've got a great team, like Craig, uh, Gwaine, Blake, and Craig. Like, Gwaine's very, very good at Western Port, and he's copped a lot of shit about over there, the poor bloke. Like... Uh, I'm happy to say, well, I haven't copped it for a while and I probably will, someone will hear it and get stuck into me now, but Gwaine's going through a little bit of shit at the moment with a few people. I don't know whether it's jealousy. I, I don't know what it is or, or it's I, pure no, hate. Red, it's the, it's the only thing. It's no bullshit. Je- it's yeah, it's, it's, sad. Je- like, it's it, jealousy because these people don't get to fish as much as what yeah. you guys are. They don't appreciate the hard work. That's been a thing with anyone. Anyone who's done yeah. any sort of media work or any sort of work like what... And I class what you guys are doing as media work because you're doing oh, a bloody man. good job of it and you're getting stuff it's out worked. there. But Look, I think I think everyone... It's kind of what we all need to realise is to just take a chill pill sometimes mm. and take it for what it is. Mark, and, and speaking about marks, GPS marks... They've been a controversial thing for as long as I've been working around fishing, and it's been quite a while. Mark's the most interesting thing ever, Red, because out of all the marks that you have in your GPS, how many of them have you caught fish on every single time you've been out? Oh, yeah, this is the biggest thing that I have. And like, uh, so what I've got, right? I've got multiple different sources where I keep my map. I've got Garmin app, I've got Simrad apps, I've got Navionics. In my boat, in my Simrads, I reckon I've got, like, there's a few in there, but, like, you would think there would be thousands more in there, right? Everything's in my back. All I have is what I use. And you don't need to complicate fishing and think you have, I've got 50,000 marks, check this out. It's not about that. Marks will fish at the right time of the year, and they'll also fish the right parts of the tides and moon phases, etc. So... Yes, they're relevant. You need to have marks in areas, but you don't need to have 50,000 of them. And what we're trying to harp on is my marks will be repetitive on Salt Guide, but if you're smart enough to work out when to fish that mark repetitively every single day like I do, I'll take my hat off to you. I'll give you a bloody get rid of your membership if you don't need it. But I guarantee you, (laughs) out of all our members, there wouldn't be 10 that could probably do it, maybe 50. Because they yeah. don't have the time. They've got full-time yeah, exactly. jobs. They work. They've got life. They can't go out there and do what I do. And Shit, I've fished a flood tide this whole week, haven't caught a fish, but the ebb's going. What's the difference? I sit at home, look at the charts. All right, right what's happened here? What's happened here with the swell? All right, now I know exactly. Well, this is not so much now. This is more in the past when I was learning it all. Like I started when I was 15 on a charter boat. Like that's, So this is my 16th year actually working in the industry, and I fished my whole life here with my parents. And... And, and mates and it's I've taken everything in like especially locally it's just one of those things that you, what we give you is second to none information it's written down in front of you and for average Joe out there or the most complicated guy that is wants to take their fishing to the next level that's what the platform's for realistically yeah. and that so yeah we, let's not we won't harp on about these haters they can all um, now they don't deserve time to be honest with you yep. and suck about something else but Home home base for you, Red. It's the Ballerine. Yeah, so I'm in Ocean Groves where I sit now, and yeah, it's been a great place to be brought up here with the beach, surfing, diving, um, and fishing, obviously. And I want yeah, I want to hear I want to hear from you the development of that side of the bay over your I guess let's just take your I guess professional 
fishing years because yep. I grew up and worked over the other side of Port Phillip Bay uh, with, you know, say, Carrum to Mornington. Yep. The Ballerine to us when I was working in Cranbourne, it didn't exist. We yeah, we might yeah. we we might have heard we might have heard of a few whiting uh, caught during the winter. Saint Leonard's, yeah, at Saint Leonard's, or we we might have heard of a gummy shark from the Simmons Channel or something. What where of the has it always been that good, or is the ballerine just in a in a patch right now where shit's happening? Because with the offshore fishery developing, and I want to talk about that in this podcast too, because that's something that is endlessly fascinating yep. to me because I don't think it gets enough attention. Where have the where have the huge has whiting fishing always been that good on the Ballerine? Have has the offshore fishing with bluefin and kingfish always been this good? And from where I'm from, we're just late to the party. Where's it been, and what's the progression of the Ballerine over the last sixteen years? So bread and butter fish, squid, whiting, flathead. Gummy sharks, it's always been as good as it is. It's always been. It's, it's, it's good. Now, we never used to have the boat traffic down here like we do now, and it's safe to say that you're probably looking at me, the one that's probably, I guess, nearly put it on the map, I guess, in a way. There's not. I'm probably one of the bigger on the social media in this way um, with my regarding my work and the platform I've managed to build. I don't say that in an arrogant way in the slightest. If anything, I'm actually putting myself down. But there's not really many people down here with a big platform and like I remember starting out here like Queenscliff you just no one was at the ramp like you just even when I was chartering like yes it was busy maybe on a Saturday during peak but other than that now not no way nowhere near what it is now like during the whiting fishing like these I get big winter whiting right like 50 centimeter plus fish like we clean up down the southern end of the tide it used to be just me and the local guys there now like it's it's big, and this is probably where Salt Guide has impacted a little bit. There is more traffic in areas that I fish, and that's just part of the package. But um, yeah, it's it's the fishery is absolutely incredible down here. And the problem with down here, though, is it's it's all tidal dependent, and that's where it, it can get very crappy fishing too. Um, and that comes back to what we start spoke about at the start of the podcast. If you just joined in, it was more talking about like uh, picking your times when to fish. Now, it's very, very temperamental, the whiting fishing down south. St. Leonard's, not, nowhere near as tidal impact. You can get small fish pretty much all year round, pretty much all there. You might have a dead spot in July as such, but other than that, pretty much all year round, you can get some sort of feed out of St. Leonard's. But Queenscliff, if you rock up out of Queenscliff near the ferry turn, we'll turn left and head to the grass beds there, and you go there and see the bottom, you're not catching a single fish. You're just not. Where if you get a bit of swell and it's pushing through, you're going to have the best whiting sessions of your time. Now, goes to your, to your kingfish and tuna question on the aspect of it. I remember fishing the rip back when I chartered, I reckon 15, 16, 17 years ago when I was rip charters. So I was with them for a long time. And we were the, it was only us and three other charter boats and a couple of local boys on the rip. And we caught kings in there for years. And social media obviously kicked in. And that's when the traffic starts to come down to what the rip is now when it's very, very busy. But I remember literally I've got photos all through my phone. I actually had a memory come up only a couple of days ago I seen on a charter when we had 15 kingfish from sort of 14 to 18 kilo just on the deck there at the end of the rip and there was no boats there, like mm. no boats. Uh, the tuna aspect of it, I've always caught tuna in the summer out here the whole way through, but as bycatch. There was hey. never 
Even 15, 15 years ago or so? Yeah, we caught them all the time was bycatch. Yeah, I remember like we didn't get – we never caught – I'm not talking 50 a season. I'm talking like three, two, one, five. Like there'll be a few what? spasms of boats. Bycatch for what? What were you fishing for? Fish. Always kingfish. Ah, and you were getting tuned. Yeah. yeah, okay. Yeah, so back at Point Lonsdale, we'd be trolling for kingfish back mm-hmm. there and yep. we'd always pick up like every season. If it wasn't us that caught them, it was one of our like people that you know. So – I said there wasn't always there wasn't like it is now in the slightest. And what I get as well is people, oh, you probably didn't know it was out here, this and that. Well, you don't reckon I saw fifty thousand mutton birds in one spot diving into the water when fifty or, or the water rippling like this, going crazy on a calm day. You do don't you, reckon we've seen that? Do you think there's a fashion element to it as well, though? Like it probably wasn't, it didn't pique your interest that much back then. Whereas now it's kind of the gear's cooler and there's there's more opportunity uh, to have a bit of fun. Or it definitely piqued my interest because we were chartering down in Portland during the winter. So yeah, right. Gotcha. Yeah, we were we were tuna fishing at Apollo Bay. I was in Apollo Bay actually probably a lot more than Portland. We start, we did the Apollo Bay side of things and we were always down there doing the school run of tuna. Like when I say it might not have been exactly 15, it might have been say 13 years ago. Like mm, mm. I'm trying to think of, I can't think of the exact, but yeah, long time ago. But there was nowhere near, the schools were never here like they are now. There's no possible. Right. Like I drive out of Bowen River right now and I literally drive out. So I'll go out tomorrow and instantly I just start looking for fish. Yeah. Like all the areas that the fish are in are that pretty much that say twenty five to fifty meters, and that's where all our fishing's done out there. Whether it's snapper or gummies or flatties, the tuna are all there, and yep. they're like you just haven't now. They're just prolific; they're everywhere, and it's not. You got to remember, it's not here that's just seen. It's Welsh pool now. It's like down, like it's not. There's numbers of the biomass of these fish are just getting out yeah. of control, and it's it's definitely it's definitely the fishing down here is. Is our fishing? I'll give you a tip. Our fishing down here is so much better than pre- in, say, Queenscliff area as such. So Sorrento, Queenscliff, St. Leonard's is a hundred times better than what it is at the top end of the bay. What have you got at the top end of the bay? You got snapper season from let's be honest, say, end of October to November into December. Then everyone magically shuts off them and they think they're gone. And I guarantee you, they're still there and they'll still mm-hmm. be eating. It's just that I follow the, what people want to catch. So if they, people don't fish for them. Guarantee you, they're there now. Yeah. After that, other than a few squid areas or a few flatties, what like you don't have that. So I can head out of Queenscliff tomorrow, right? Turn left, look for some eggs, get some squid, and then I can jump on the whiting once the tide starts. All right, we'll dip out and go get a tuna. All right, let's come back in. Like simple as that. Five hour day, mm-hmm. six hour day. You've got your bag of squid, or you've got twenty whiting or thirty whiting, whatever you want, and then you zip out and try and get a couple of tuna. Like you can't do that at the top end of so, the bay. So just. Adam, can you just make a note? What Aaron's saying is the, the mornings of Peninsula's shit. Um, <laughs> not, not from not from Sorrento down. Well, well when, when I hear, when I hear it put like that, <laughs> actually, it's pretty shit. Hey, there's some there's some uh, couple of houses for sale around the corner. Ads, get down, yeah. mate. Because um, oh. I can now officially call myself. Well, on the last, well, I have been able to for the last eighteen months or so. Local. Aaron, I'm around the corner from you. In fact, I don't oh, know why yeah. we didn't just get together and do this, to be honest. Especially yeah, <laughs> with all the computer issues. Yeah. I, literally, I literally said to the missus, I don't know why I thought I was going to be, I thought you were going to say come around to yours or something. I, just I don't know why I didn't. I didn't even think of that. Anyway, whatever. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, I grew up sort of coming down here, you know, for weekends and holidays and whatever. And, and to your point, see, I did that. And then when I started, I suppose, working and, and fishing on the morning to Peninsula, and to your point about boat ramps before, it was funny when you said that Queenscliff boat ramp was the quiet little, even on a weekend, it was a quiet little ramp. Yeah. And when I first spent some time at Patterson River boat ramp, I just went, fuck this. 
This is unbelievable. Like, I couldn't believe it. I couldn't believe a, a, a facility with, what's it got, four ramps, five ramps, and you, you're never, waiting for hours. And, yeah. but it's, and, it's, and nor it's, should you. It's <laughs> fucked now, though, because everything's like that. Everywhere's like that. I, I think the amount... The amount of boats, the amount of trailer boats mm. that are out there now, we, we have yep. just we have outgrown our facilities. That is not knocking any facility at all. It's actually no. a, a testament to how good recreational fishing is yeah. in Victoria. Uh, it, it's everywhere, and the information. And it is, it's, that's it's all because of people that are getting into like people into fishing. So like it's it's like things like Soul Guide. You guys doing this podcast, right? Patty and I's podcast. It, it's mm-hmm. it's all these people that are engaging themselves in this great thing that we have it's fishing and it's yes it's getting bigger and in my opinion it's getting a hell of a lot better and the fishing like i'm actually doing a thing with fisheries this year big leader thing um i can't remember what it's called but i'm, I'm to, doing that too and i noticed that you and i were both the only ones that were missing from the first meetings well, I, uh, <laughs> well played yeah, boys so yeah, and, bill, actually, and bill Classen, I, I think i did see your name on there so i actually didn't make it that day but i did did you ring him at least tell him like i did yeah, of course I did, mate. What do you think I am? I, oh, I bullshit. Was, I was, I was he ghosted him. He ghosted him, Red. He just he, he put his put his no, he put his thing on and then just turned the screen off and walked away. I didn't then, have the heart. I didn't have the heart broken. to tell him that not only could I not attend the, you know, Victorian Fisheries Authority event about recreational fishing leaders, that I was gonna be fishing in New South Wales at the time. <laughs> well, the worst part about it is Taylor Hunt messaged me that night and asked, I think you said, am I right for a lift or something in the morning? Because Taylor's obviously local. And I said, "Where? what are we doing? I said, where are we going? I didn't even know. I and, I'm going, and then he's gone, and I'm like, mate, I have completely stuffed up here. I didn't even put it in my calendar. I've literally got so much shit on tomorrow. I'm like, I cannot. I'm so sorry. So like, no, there's plenty there. But back to what we were saying with, with it, I'm actually so looking forward to actually yeah. having – Changing a few things. Hopefully, I can have a little bit of a say in there, and yeah. I think I've sort of earned a little bit of respect there with bag limits and captures. There's things I want to do, like barrel bluefins. Like I would love to pull that down to one, like you'd one per boat. Like don't get me wrong, I've been guilty of taking two, but uh, I don't think you need to take more than one, and and I reckon it needs to be around that fifty kilo mark. So I think anything under fifty, you can get away with two fish per person. And then anything over, and how do you how do you estimate that? Well, you run a measure over it, and you get a rough estimate. And if you're accidentally 51 kilo, a bit of common sense comes in. Bloody hell, they're not going to weigh the fish, but they run a yeah, measure yeah. on it. Okay, if it's this long and you're under this, you can keep two. If it's over that, you just keep one. You don't keep need one. a like. I think that's one thing we can implement. I'd like to see the bag limit for squid go up to 15. Um, that's I, I think is enough. Biom- they they reckon the biomass of squid's incredible, so I don't see why we can't. This is okay. This is really interesting, Red. Now you're talking. They're talking deep drop, deep drop style now. Bag limits, <laughs> bag limits, and size limits. Fascinating. Yep. And it doesn't matter what we say on this podcast right now. We're going to piss somebody off, and that's awesome. Oh, 100 percent. But yeah, it, it's interesting because because you're the first person I've ever said I've ever heard that said a bag limit needs to be increased. Yes. And yep. and I, I want you to elaborate on it because I think conversations about this sort of stuff in this matter are critically important because we yep. need we have understanding. We we have the good people at the VFA doing studies on calamari. It's been happening for years and I hope one day we can get Dr. Corey Green on this podcast to talk about it because it's incredible information that will help recreational fishermen. 
They've been doing yep. it with Snapper. They've been doing it with Kingfish. They've been doing it with all these different species. I understand why it's not easy to change to change regulations around size and bag limit. But run me through the calamari one in particular. Yeah. So what one thing that the first thing I'll just try and cover off is everyone like looks at my socials right and they say you kill everything right. Like that's honestly I, I get that. Like I do cop that a bit. The only thing I really take a lot of is whiting. Uh, for me, I'm not a massive eater of whiting, but every time I'm on the boat, just to make it a little bit understand what people what I do on a day, I fish with people, right? So say I fish with you two boys tomorrow. I fish every day. I don't eat much fish. If we go out to – I'll let you have all the whiting. I very rarely actually keep anything for ourselves. I keep usually some for mum, Kari's parents and whatnot. I usually keep it like say 20, fillets, uh, 20 or 40 fillets right max – I'm sorry, in a week. I don't actually keep much. I, I usually only keep what we're going to use. All the bluefin, right? I barely – I might keep one. Like I very rarely keep the blue unless someone on the boat wants it and it goes to use. So I just want to make it clear. I'm actually – I don't I don't just – Fish doesn't go to waste in the slide. I mean, I'm not just saying this to cover my. I'm all on all, all honesty. Mm. It's like I've got two bags of whiting in my fridge, not even in the freezer. That's all I've got at the moment from a couple of days ago. So, and it's all skin for us to have, which I fed the kids. But with your squid and whatnot, like your ten squid, for me, it's so squid's probably the most valuable thing for me, whether it's eating or catching. And I can't uh, eating or bait, sorry. And I, I can't actually keep up with my stocks of bait for the year. And it's not just me. It's all the guys that work for a living here. And it's very expensive to buy in your bait stock. So for us, and during our, this time of the year, a bit earlier, sorry, when they drop their eggs, I try to put a few couple of hundred squid or more in my freezer for bait to get me through till this time next year. Now, I do the whiting. There goes four squid. I do the snapper. There goes six squid. I go offshore. There goes five squid. So all of a sudden, there's 30 squid, 40 squid going in, like, in a matter of seconds. Like, it doesn't take long for it to go on bait. Uh, I think the numbers of squid through our bay and all our weed, bed, weed beds, whether it's up the top of the bay or down in Mount Martha region or right through to Sorrento, right through to Queenscliff and right through to Clifton Springs, you can pretty much get a bag of squid nearly every single time you go out. And if, I, if anything, it doesn't take long. Um mm. Now, I'm not in the science world or anything, and I don't know this, but I'm just going off how off what I see is catching them. I think you can nearly do boat limits. Uh, I think you could say 15 per person if there's two or three years, and then you max it out at sort of 30 per, per boat or 40, or if there's – like you've you got to put a limit somewhere. You can't just keep mm. adding people to the thing. But whether I think you can go up to 15 per person. Uh, there's definitely – enough squid there in my opinion for uh, for us whether it's to eat or clean so i'd like to put 10 in the freezer for bait as such and say five to eat as an example and five squid if you get small squid doesn't go far with a hat with four of us here and the kids crunch probably two tubes each so like yeah. <laughs> it doesn't go far and then you've got the whiting like do you just i'd love to see whiting maybe brought down to 15 i think it probably can come down to 15 i don't do you need 20 fillets what 20 fish sorry um I don't know, like, is it sustainable enough to stay at 20? Obviously it is, but I wouldn't care if they bought it to 15. I don't think that phases me in the slightest. I think 15, 30 fillets is enough per person. Um, and then there's things like crayfish. Now, this is a controversy topic, and obviously with the commercial sector and everything that gets into here, and unfortunately I believe it's going to go the other way, but I, the amount of days we have to dive for crayfish, right, is near to bloody nothing in Victoria. Like, we have so limited days. What is it now? Is that down to... Is that like a weekend? You can only do it on weekends? So, it's like that crayfish, 
So crayfish, no, nah, it's not. So it's two per person at any time, and then they've got a closed okay. season for the females for a bit longer than the males. Yeah. Um, just from November, like it opens November 15 off the top of my head. I can't think exactly what the dates are, but it's like July to something you can't take females. So all got season, it's open, right? We've dived twice this season. That's all we've dived. And we dived a hell of a lot. And that's is that, just is that conditions? Is that because of the conditions? conditions? Just purely conditions. We don't have the conditions in our favor to dive for these crayfish. And the effort we go to dive for these craze, and we dive for Christmas, right? That's our main thing every year. Let's go get craze. And we love it. It's our favorite thing to do, but that's our priority is Christmas. Now, say 20, 20 second comes along, Kari's mum and dad, hey, can you grab us a cray for Christmas? My mum and dad, grab us a cray. Me, grab a, I want a cray. Me, I'll you knock on your door. Yeah, yeah, put exactly. me down. You know, you know, favors, but no, like all these, like I dump in the water, right? I grab two crays and that's done. It's cost me fuel. Yeah. I've had to fill up tanks. I've had to fill up, get my dive hooker out. I've had to do all, like the amount of effort that we go to get in for the days that we actually do to get to dive yeah. is minimal. Like it's it's very minimal. So whether they can push it to three per person to allow us to have that extra one, I don't know. That's what I'd like to see. Um, Could, but yeah, um, Adam and I couldn't be further from cray divers. Um, and I'll never just, become. I'll never become a cray diver. You never. You won't ever. Oh, and I won't either. Um, but but I'll, I'll happily take one from you, Aaron. Um, but but this might be a really dumb and vague question. But is just purely from being there and under the water and doing it? Are the are the numbers? Are, are there plenty there? We were in the other day when we got well, probably a week and a half, two weeks ago, say, and we. We got our, we got so there was three of us diving. We got six crays and two per person. We probably left another, from what we've seen in three dives, we would have left another twenty down there. So does, yeah, right. In so in Victoria, we're not allowed to put down cray pots. This was my next thing that we're not allowed to pot here, right? No, you, and I have been a part of a few conversations in recent history about talking to fisheries... Oh, not really talking to fisheries, but involved in a few conversations on would potting in Victoria be something that's actually viable? Why wouldn't it be? Is it always be. my question. Why, why but, wouldn't... But, but by viable, Adam, do you mean would it be successful or do you mean would it be sustainable? No, sustainable. Because surely yeah. that's yeah. the only reason we're not allowed to pot at the moment. Why, why wouldn't be? If they were worried about numbers of craze yeah i i wish i i wish i had the answers and i reckon i will get the answers when we attend our actual leader leader <laughs> leadership program there but <laughs> um, on, and there's a few of the things i want to bring up but it's yeah i don't i really don't know like we've got so many rules here in vic it just seems like we're always like you can't even have a fire on the beach like just things mm. like that really annoy me like I, I, we don't, don't get me wrong we all do stupid stuff when we're younger and that but like we used to love we go robe and whatnot, and we sit up and fish for gummies overnight off the beach. We have a fire. We're not doing anything wrong. We've grabbed yeah. driftwood off the beach. Mm. We can't do anything like that either. Like So I just wish that a few things eased up. And I think fisheries do, and I don't get me wrong, they, there's a few things I don't like what they do, but I think 80% of what they do is 10 out of 10. Like it's just, yeah. They do a lot of really good stuff for us here in Victoria, and I think it's a lot better than other states. And there's never um, going to be a 100% hit rate, and this is what everyone no. needs to understand because yeah. – that it's never going to be perfect because, unfortunately, no matter what they put in, there's a small percentage, but there's a percentage well, of just flat-out dickheads around that are always going to do the wrong thing. But, yeah. these, but these are important conversations. Why can't we have well, a fire on the beach? Tell us why not. Why can't we put in cray pots? Yep. If it's a sustainability thing, I'm all ears. Show, show me some 100%. data. 
I, I'm not going to delve too far into it personally, but show me some data where I can be like, okay, well, you know, maybe we're a few years, we're 10, 15 years away from pots. When, I don't know. But Yeah. When, when I saw um, Aaron Habgood on the list of attendees to this VFA forum, I thought, Oh, this this could be good actually. That someone who's on the water literally every day and, and should should bring some good opinions on yeah, whether it be bag limits or whatever it is. In the in the ten minutes or so you've just been talking about this shit, I can't wait for the next meeting. Yeah, mate. I think be. it's gonna be great. No, but this is interesting because there's so much this that's there's so much of our fishery that's changed since but the my, rules were my, put in place. Yeah, but the reason I say that too is not a, it's not a knock on anyone, but but I think and and I'm with you guys both. The VFA, I've been a big supporter of. For a long time, and I think they absolutely leaders uh, from a national level. Like there's no other state that does it better. And great people, but uh, but they they need to rely on more guys like yourself that are doing it daily and doing it for and and not just doing it. Actually, you know, reading it and and making sense of it, understanding what's happening, and and bringing some factual sort of data back so to speak you know and just uh, i'm not a, i don't like, i'm not a dickhead either like i'm not trying to make us catch like, well we'll good. be the judge of that once we finish actually, the conversation I'm a, I'm, a complete, <laughs> I, I'm a complete dickhead and i can't believe they've actually put me into the conversation but what I, I'm, I'm a bit of a realist with like i'm not i i, I think the whiting bag size limit should come up to 30 like 27 is too bloody small it, like like I was catching twenty eight centimetre fish the other day, and I'm thinking, Jesus Christ, look at these things! Like mm. they are small. Yep. And you're like, I don't think push it up to thirty. Like like put thirty. Like kingfish pushes up to sixty five. Like mm. just add a few. Like there's, a, like there's so many small fish around now. Kingfish and there's medium fish and there's bigger fish, but push it mm. up to sixty five. Like it, it, there's things like that that I'm all for pushing up. Like kingfish bag limit, right? Do you do that in the snapper implement? And I've got all this. Don't don't get me wrong. I'm not even looking at my notes because my phone's here, but. Like kingfish. <laughs> what about making them in the snapper as- aspect of it? So, fish over ninety, you're allowed three or two, and then fish under ninety, you're allowed three or four or five. I don't know. Like, instead of you don't, do you need five fish that are a meter ten? Yeah. I don't think you do. Like, like it's not it's not a freezer fish. Like it's that's no. Like, you're right. Yeah. Exactly. It's, like it's yeah. not people. Everyone's eating it, sashimi, ceviche, or whatever you're doing with it. It's don't get me wrong. A few people like freezing it as such, but do you mm. need do you need like a like a meter and a meter something kings? Please, fifteen kilos. You got fifteen thirty. Like you've got all of a sudden you've got fifteen kilos plus of meat there of yeah. just pure kingfish. Yeah. So this conversation the around bag limits and size limits it's it's seriously never ending, but. What makes it so much harder to have the conversation, Aaron? I can't imagine what fisheries go through with it. Luke Luke and I have discussed on here a bit when it comes to social media photos. How hard is it to sift through fact and what you're actually seeing? I mean, I think Luke and I, Luke, you and I both agreed that I think the days of boats with uh, the deck full of snapper photos are probably done and dusted and they're probably not helping us as recreational fishermen have a say in anything but is mm. it worth lowering a bag limit so that that doesn't happen i mean it's it's such a tricky yeah. topic it really is i think it just needs to come down to sustainability i think that's all it just needs to be their science and talking to people like ourselves that are things yep. changing? Like just common sense, are things changing? Like, mm. is there enough of this, in your opinion, that you fish this area a lot in this whole region? Is something changing? And not to, I'm not saying just me, but like, why don't you speak to the charter boys too? 
Like, there's the charter boys. Like, like I'm a good example because I'm out there every day. But so are the charter boys. Like, yeah. speak yeah. to people in specific areas and say, what do you think's changed? It's and like what pissed me off the other day that fisheries did. And this is one of those things. I can't remember exactly where they were, but they were doing a whiting count in the shallows up at um, like St Kilda Beach or something up there in the weeds. And I'm thinking, what are you doing up there? Like. But I understand, do your research up there. But don't put that on social media because it's not relevant. There's no whiting. The whiting fishery out there is near to none, right? <laughs> like, advertise that you're at St. Leonard's doing the whiting study because that looks better and it looks like, right, you're looking at the right areas. So mm. things like that, well, I'm going to bring that up too. Like, don't, why'd you put that on social media that they're in whatever they were? I sent it to Craig. We couldn't, he couldn't believe it. Like, mm, what, yeah. what are you looking up there for? And I think, like, Sometimes I think with their research at times, like they say, oh, the pinkies, this and that, the patterns that do this, the patterns that change. Like, yes, I understand what they're saying with size that grow. In my opinion, we have the same size fish that come through the same areas pretty much every single year, right? So pinkies off St. Leonard's, okay? I've been catching them there this time of the year for whiting this big for my whole life. You very rarely get anything bigger. You might get a 28. You very rarely get anything bigger. Now, the charter boys, you got... Gone fishing charters, cross country charters, right? They work out of Queenscliff, offshore, Barwon Heads. The snapper they catch, right? They fish the snapper all year round. Majority of their fish are from that 35 to 45 centimeters. That's what they catch. I charted up there 15 years ago, and I caught the same size fish. And then you get your few patches of bigger fish. They don't. It's it's not. They don't get bigger in that area as such. Then you go to the dumps. I fish dumps a lot in Port Phillip Bay, right? I catch the same size fish. They're not all 10 kilo fish. Like where, like, it, I think it's about talking to them and saying, right, I understand all your research and your counting that you're doing, but explain to me then, if you're saying they're going to be bigger at this point in three years' time, where where is it? Does that make sense? Yeah, and, we, and we've spoken about this a little bit in the past as well, and ultimately... There's so many variables as well, like and that, and it's it's hard to call a uh, to your point a make it make a prediction as such. Like, given that, and and I think we landed on a few weeks back, Adam, the 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 fact that the weather plays a massive part in what Huge. what happens to any of the spawning sort of you know situations. So Huge. it is a big call to promote. Hey, you know, we're going to have a good season or something next year. Well, what happens if we have this massive dump on the Yarra smashes out all this shit. Well, and, you know, like use, it's, this, yeah. use, use this year as the example, right? This snapper season was pumped up to be like it was 10, 8 years, years ago, ago, whatever. Yeah. Yeah, whatever Yeah, whatever it was. They were pumped it up, right? Now, we started off cracker early. Late autumn was cracker, right? We had 23-degree weathers then. And then you know, I'll be the first one to say, I said this is going to be an early snapper season. It's not to do with the stocks. to do with what you just said. It's to do with, I believe... Stocks is important, obviously, but yeah. to do what the temperature comes to play is the aspect of when the fish are going to feed, whether it's... And sure enough, snapper season didn't start off properly till mid-November. Like, mm. it was not in full swing until mid-November. I thought it was going to be October, start of October, um, yeah. early. And once that weather changed and it went to crap again, it didn't fight. Yeah. It just didn't. And there was a short period where it was red hot in that spawning thing, and then obviously people taper off it and now, but... It's just yeah, such like a, these tuna out here, like it's they're late because the season's late. Like, yes, two years yeah. ago, I was getting them a bit earlier because it's a little bit warmer. This year, I reckon they're three weeks behind. Like they've just turned up now. Where I was getting this time last year, I was catching fish after fish. Now they're just really starting to get into their numbers now. 
three weeks behind, which same as a snapper. Yeah. I am curious about the hottest summer on record. When when that's going to start? Yeah, oh, yeah. and when <laughs> it gets dry. And when it gets day. dry too. <laughs> I saw. I saw. I know what you're about to say. I saw a video oh. that you posted. You were rugged up like it was the middle of winter. It was ridiculous. <laughs> I was pissing down rain, and I left. I knew. So I woke up in the morning. The alarm went off, and mate messaged me. We're still going. Yeah, why wouldn't we be? Like twenty knots southwest. With the this is where you and I differ. This is where you and I differ, Red. I would have been going, no, oh, fuck no, go back this, to bed. This is where my mate's very confused and saying, "I used to be that man. I tell you, now I'm the complete anything. Oh, don't get me started." <laughs> he was so confused in why we we're going, but I hadn't fished for a couple of days, and I'm like, I need to get something. Weather's good for the weekend for work. Yeah, I didn't realise it was raining, did I? <laughs> so I walked outside and it's been pissing there, and I just went, and he was on his way to mine already, and I've just gone. Oh, oh my God, what have I done to myself? <laughs> anyway, we got the white in, but I got out of there as quick. You've never seen me catch white in as fast to get it on. Yeah. <laughs> <get it> on. <laughs> so, and that, that, that's the one thing with work too. Like, I'll be honest with you, I'm actually going through a little bit of shit with work at the moment. Like, it's, I've just, I've, I've actually started cancelling about sort of 10 weeks ago. So, eight, 10 weeks ago, I started cancelling to try and help with everything. So, my heart's been screwed for a bit at the moment. And, like comes back to what you said before about getting out of bed to go fishing, right? Like in those days where back five years ago, right, when Salt Glide was in full swing, six, seven, five years ago, four years ago, and I was the only one out there. I was, I did my hours, and before that, I did all my hours. Don't get me wrong. Now, two years ago, a lot of stuff got taken away from me with my heart, and so mowing the lawns, for instance, quite like it was, it's, it's hard to do for me or putting your shoes on. Actually, to be honest with you, I couldn't even stand in a shower with a kid and hold it. Like I had 17 ambulances from home. Like it was nasty. So like it's for me now, what's happened is everything's hard. So hooking up the boat in the morning is an effort for me, this and that. And it is proper work. So like now I go out for work and I'm in a shit place with my head and work at the moment. And what you said before, like I do my best to fish the nicer days to try and enjoy it. I'm sitting down with this guy trying to talk about things like I've worked. People don't. People think I fish every day. I, I how much work I do on this computer and then conversations with sponsorship people. I've got a new project coming out in June. Like I've got so much stuff happening that it's just it's consumed my life. But the biggest thing about it is what you were saying before is it's everyone else's recreation. So. Who messages me tonight if they go on Fortuna tomorrow? Everyone messages me. Mates, all my mates message me. I switch off social media, but all my mates, Red, what's going on? What's going on? What can we do this? So it's consumed my life and it's really like boiled up with me with the frustration what's happened to my heart and trying to actually get control of it again to actually start really enjoying it because I know I've got the best job in the world. I've built a great platform. Fishing's unbelievable. But I need to somehow get that love back. So on those days that you're talking about ads, I wake up and go, Oh, do I go today? Instead of going, no, there's no way I'm going because I hate it, it's, I don't want that. So it's about getting out of that job aspect of it and getting back the love of fishing that mm. I deserve to have and so does everyone else. So don't. So when you're talking about getting up early and doing the hard yards, for those that are at home, it's definitely a job, but it, I understand it's a very good job. It's all about your mindset and getting it all right and learning how to control your emotions as well. So, mm. yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a tough because people go out there fishing to get that relaxation and to get that enjoyment where for me – if I don't catch a fish, if I don't do something productive, yeah, day, day, there goes five hundred bucks or three hundred bucks. Money, yeah, 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 that's so, right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I hope no, that's a good point. It does, mate. It's a great, it's a great. And thank you for sharing that. I think it's a, it's an interesting uh, view on it that 
yeah, you pro- we probably take for granted and, and probably maybe a lot of the Salt Guide members take for granted a little bit too. But uh, <laughs> yeah. ha- having said that, they're getting plenty of great info, but it's yeah. uh, it's not just a case of going, writing up a bit of a, a script and putting it on a website and thinking, oh, that'll do, even though it's sure that's been done over the years. <laughs> sure, sure, not not a Salt Guide. <laughs> a lot of bloody K's out there, I tell you. Oh. Some Remember some of the some of the reports we used to have to do for the shop ads. Oh, we can say it now because the shop doesn't exist. Yeah. Um, but <laughs> it was some pretty well fabricated reports, especially in the middle of winter. Jesus Christ! <laughs> yeah, you're trying to get creative. Well, that, that's the thing. Like you got to remember that people are paying for service, right? And um, yeah. what happens if I've got a 15 to 25 knot south west Saturday Sunday, and people want to people think I'm going to go fishing? So what do I write? I write at the start of the thing. You're not fishing. I just write it. I'm just honest. Like, yeah. I just you're not doing it. You're just not. And if you yeah. are, you're an idiot. Like, you, <laughs> like, why are you going out in a 15, 20 night suddenly in the middle of winter? Yeah. Like, yeah. you don't have to. Yep. You've got wind against tide from that bigger part of the tide. Like, yeah. I'm not putting people out there for that. Like, I'm, I'm realistic. Like, I said to you, as realistic as I can be. So... Aaron, I've got a pretty serious question now, and I know we got a bit deep there, and we appreciate that, but this one's really serious, all right? And I want you to concentrate. I want you to give us your absolute best here, mate. What do people do with jet skis? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I I own a jet ski. (laughs) You own a jet ski? What? Did I say that? We'll edit edit that out. (laughs) I um, I I actually went Harvey's my brother, and I've used it once. Never use it. So, um, yeah, they're. I don't know. Where do I go with this? They, they uh, well, you I'll, don't have to go anywhere. I'll start. They need their own boat ramp. They need their they, own boat ramp. The good thing about Queenscliff, right? <laughs> the good thing about Queenscliff is we actually get minimal to no jet skis. St. Leonard's a bit more, and obviously the other side out of control. Um, yeah. But I actually don't have a lot of dramas with them. But the other day, I actually had a couple of dramas with them. I would, this girl was driving around my boat when I was fishing for whiting, and she didn't. Young, I don't understand. We should just hundred mile an hour, like not. I filmed her actually on my phone, and um, yeah, uh, there. It's only for a very. You just got to remember, it's, it's very short period of the year. It is. So it is. I've just got to, like I said, I'm my I'm trying. Yeah, I don't want to go. So, so, when, <laughs> so when you see one of those like sweet decked out like fishing style jet skis, do mm. you think cool or they glance into me? Yeah, I had one only drive past me. Literally, I just go. He's got everything on a by boat. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like, oh, what, could you think of anything worse sitting backwards? I just don't. I just when the groin split, you can't really stand no. or anything. I, but I understand why people do it. If they're in their budget, that's what they got to do, and that's what they got to do. And they, if they want to race no. me there, then good luck. But um, yeah. no, like as in, I don't. Like, good luck as in I don't care. So because yeah, yeah, if they if they get there first, they just turn into a speed bump. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you, you're dumb <laughs> oh. no, uh, I don't have too many dramas with him on my side the other side's horrific no. like, you, the other side's bad yeah you're right though it, it is a fairly small window it's just you, you sort of get that first you, you might be out for a fish or you might even just I mean we can hear it from where we are you just get that first initial buzz as Christmas is approaching you're like oh that yep. sounds like one they're here yeah. <laughs> they've moved the, in the, the thing with them is they just like 
they if they just stayed away from you, you wouldn't care. The problem is, for some reason, it's like the massive. You're sitting there, and they're like, oh, like I was out in the middle of nowhere the other day by myself, was, and this person just like it's like they see you, and they've got to come like show you what they're doing. That's what it feels like. Yeah, I don't give a shit what they're doing. I don't even care what I'm doing. Like, yeah, <laughs> you know what they're like? They're, they're like they're like your kids when you're on the phone. Yeah, oh, they decide that's the time they have to come and that's, talk to you or yeah, show you yeah, something. Yeah, you couldn't have you nailed it. Yeah, yeah. nailed it. <laughs> Absolutely nailed it. Oh, uh, mate, we'll, we'll, you, you don't have to delve too much into that. We'll let you go. Hey, um, really appreciate you coming on the deep drop, mate. It's been uh, it's been a pleasure, and uh, thanks for taking the time. Thanks for sharing all that stuff too. And I think, um, mate, we'd love to get you back on at some yeah, point definitely. as well. And yeah, um, anytime. I'm more than happy. Any like I said, this is for me. Like I said, it's, I get enjoyment out of trying to help people. So if I can help people catch a few fish and whatnot, and there's ways like I said this podcasts and stuff people listen to it and yep. i really enjoy helping people catch fish it's probably out of all my fishing like if you fish with me and we're chasing whatever species it is i don't really often ever wind a fishing i just don't i just i don't get that enjoyment where i take people out neither does adam but that's for a different yeah, reason because i never fucking catch him i need to go fishing with red he let me wind a few in <laughs> I really, I really enjoy watching other people. Like I do a few guides yeah. here, and I don't do many, but I do a few guides for a bit of cash to help around the house and whatnot. And the I did three the other week, and I had more enjoy to get there I, in my head. Going there, I just hate every second of it. Like the whole thought of going <laughs> once I'm there and I'm there and I'm actually there catching fish. Oh, hey, like I'm just there going, man, you're actually really enjoying this, like. And that's yeah. where I get the most enjoyment. So, yeah, I, I really enjoy helping people catch fish and Soul Guide has been able to do that and, um, yeah, things like this and whatever it is, whether it's talking fishing or and hopefully with you and I with this fishery stuff, we can yep. continue to make it for, for the kids sure. and we can make a better fishery. So thanks very much for having me on the deep drop. Appreciate it. Awesome, mate. Great stuff. Thanks very much. We'll chat soon. You're about an hour and a half past my bedtime, so... <laughs> oh, I'm, 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 I'm heading that way now. <laughs> Thanks, Fair enough. I appreciate it. Good on you, Red. Thanks, Thanks mate. mate.